All right, guys, we are back for another episode of the Love of Purple podcast. I'm sitting here with my brand new beautiful friend, Teresa. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the invitation. I'm very grateful. I appreciate it. Uh, we've just been sitting here having this chat for about five, ten minutes, sitting in your little place here in Costa Rica, and um, your your enthusiasm for what you want to do with life is literally contagious. It really is. I just sit here and I'm like, me too, me too, me too. <laughs> so, which is kind of what's been happening since I've been down here, is I yeah. you attract your your vibe, attract your tribe. Yeah. So they say, right? Your soul family. Your soul family, and it's we haven't known each other that long, but I remember meeting you. You guys are gonna hear how I met how we met Teresa. We're at a ladies' night, quote unquote, with men. <laughs> with men. <Weird. laughs> and um, you came with another friend who was, you know, yeah. awesome, Courtney. Courtney. And uh, yeah, I don't know something about you. When you walked in, it was your your aura, your energy, your <laughs> smile, something. You weren't you're not loud. You weren't yeah. out there. It was just something peaceful, and and um, I was very drawn to you right away. And I was oh, like, I appreciate but that. I remember that night. I'd had a glass of wine. I'm like, you're gonna be on my podcast. You want to be on my podcast? <laughs> I write. I think I asked I you that. Like, I'm like, that's awesome because that's that's the goal. Like, is to get as many just to share the story and help people. So yeah. And then that's I also cool. heard that you're gonna be speaking. Yes. In Las Vegas. In we're not sure. It's either Los Angeles or Fort Lauderdale. It's it's up oh, in okay. the air and it's in end of June, beginning of July. Okay. That's, no, I'm going to Vegas for the crypto. Oh, for crypto, right? Because she's into crypto, guys. You're gonna learn lots about Teresa here. And anyways, I'll drop all her information in the notes. But um, because believe me, you're gonna want to start following her on social media. Because I, every time I have a guest on, I I get to know them a little bit. But sometimes I don't know a lot. But that's also what excites me. Because then my listeners get to know you just as much as I do but I do usually go through social media and try and find you know or if you've written a book or anything like that I try and I go buy the the book um, or if you have a podcast I go and try and find out a bit more about you but one thing that kept coming up on your social media is that you wanted to share you want to share your story with people you want to be on podcasts you want to be speaking from the stage you want to help people and that's probably why I was drawn to you because that is also my passion as well but um, so I just want to start there. I want you to share, because I know that I know the power of storytelling. I know the power of sharing your story. And I mentioned to you before, and a lot of my listeners know that I never thought I had a story for the longest time. I thought others were more important or that someone else's story was more colorful than mine, lack of a better word. And then as I started to share mine and started to open up years ago, and my very first time was on stage and I shared it. And I just remember thinking, the amount of people that came up afterwards and was like, I can relate to this part, I can relate to this part, maybe not all the parts, but I thought, oh, that's what this means. That's what it means to share, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where I want to go with you. I want people to hear your story. I want people to hear what you've walked through, where you are now, why you're in Costa Rica right now. I know you leave on Thursday and you're going back to Mexico and your life is super colorful. Your life My is, life extra, is you know, like, I don't know it all, but just little things that you dropped. I'm like, oh, good God, <laughs> this yeah. is so fun. So um, I don't, don't start, the, you can say where you were born or whatever, but you don't have to start all the way there, but just hit the highlights for me. Like, what is it that you want people to know about you that they're safe, that they go, okay, that's me too. That's me too. It started when I was two. Mm. I was drowned and abused as a baby. So I never liked bass and I didn't know why till I found out later my sister told me that we were abused and the babysitter tried to drown us because I was crying so much because I was being abused and he didn't know how to handle the situation. It was a, a son of my friend's co-worker, uh, my mother's co-worker. Okay. So that's where it started. 
Then my mother met a guy and he abused us for eight years, um, sexually, physically, mentally, for, for, from five to 13. And then I met the father of my kids and then he abused me for 15 years, sexually, financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, like you name it, every possible mm. trauma you wanted, it was there. Mm. So that's basically mm. my life. And then when I, when I finally left in 2008, uh, I went to a shelter, like it was a do or die moment. Like he even warned me, like if I didn't come back with his drugs, cause he was a drug addict. Not anymore, thankfully, he's on his healing journey as well, but um, he beat me for 40, uh, 24 hours um, in May, and that was like, it was a, it was a, it was a moment, <laughs> it was, a, it was mm. a moment, and then I kept telling him that like, if you don't stop, like I'm going to leave you on my birthday, like I'm going to be 33 in June, if you don't stop, I'm going to leave, and then Three days after my birthday, he picked me up by my throat and said, like, I have to go get him drugs. If not, I'm not going to make it through the day. So he was going to kill you? He was going to kill me. Mm -hmm. So I had no choice but to, like he said, leave and then come back. But if you come back empty-handed, you're not going to survive the day. You're going to be mm -hmm. gone within hours, like I promise you. And my kids were there, and they heard that because they were they were literally sleeping in the living room, which hasn't happened in, in like, I'm going to say months. It mm -hmm. hadn't happened in a while. And then I'm just like, okay, fine. I'm like, go in the bedroom, go lie down, go calm down, and I'll be back. And I never came back. Mm. I woke up, my kids, well, my kids were really already awake because of everything that mm -hmm. they heard. So I just like put my, like told them not to talk, grab your blanket, grab your shoes, and let's go. So they didn't, he didn't hear anything, he didn't see anything, the door was closed, and I just left. And that was the start of what <laughs> I thought that was the start of my journey mm. to heal. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even close to being the... It wasn't... You were 33? I was 33. How old were your kids? My oldest was uh, 12 and my youngest was 10. Okay. Well, I almost... No, he just turned 11. So they're like 14 months apart. Okay. So, yeah. So they were still young and then we, we left. And then I thought like, oh, finally I'm gone. I'm not going to start healing. I went to go see a therapist. I went to go do this and nothing was working. He went, he never went to jail. I went to court with him. He never went to jail. He went into a detox for 18 months. He came out of the detox with a girlfriend. He had a baby months later. He started his life over again. I was drowning in $14,000 of debt with bruises, broken bones all over my body. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. you get nothing. Like, how is, how, what is wrong with this world? Like, mm -hmm. how does, and I'm like, why did this happen to me? Like, why? And then I was just getting more negative and more mm. negative and more negative. And then my emotions kept going to my back. And I was just like, why? Like, how? Mm. Why? What did I do in another past life that made me live through this this time? Like, I must have been a really bad person. Almost like, what I, did I do to deserve this? Yeah, okay. That was like, I don't understand what I did. Like, mm. I didn't do anything. I was nice to people. I was just like, I was quiet. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was rambunctious. And I was... I was mad at the world at that point because it was just like, how Absolutely. much, how much more could I take? Mm -hmm. Well, there was more, <laughs> you know, wasn't enough. So I gave myself cancer and people say, oh no, you didn't give yourself cancer. You got cancer because of your DNA, your grandfather, your grandmother, your second cousin removed from your third hip. Like, no, no, I got cancer because I gave my, myself cancer. I was negative. I was angry. My emotions always went to my spine, always went to where I was hit the most, 
always mm-hmm. where my emotions lied. And I got sarcoma cancer in 2016. I was walking, actually I was jogging home on July 1st and my legs gave out. Mm. And I fell in the middle of the street and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then since then, my the, the tumor was growing and growing and I was massaging it. So every time I would massage it, it would get bigger and bigger mm. and bigger. So it went from, I'm going to say like a peanut to a baseball mm. in months. So in September, I was diagnosed uh, with cancer, sarcoma cancer, and I did 25 sessions of radiotherapy in October. Uh, in November, I found out that the sarcoma moved to my lungs. And then I had my operation December uh, 16th, 2016. And then I was just like, okay, so it was a do or die moment. If I didn't get the operation, the cancer was going to kill me. So they said, yeah. And I was just looking at my mom, I'm like, do I do this? Because like, they're going to be invasive right now. Mm-hmm. They're going to take out everything. So they did. They took out three quarters of three vertebrae, my lumbar muscle on the right side. Uh, two muscles from my shoulder to my pelvis, one inch by four inches of my pelvis, and the S1 sacrum. Okay. So they put me back together with two rods and seven screws. Okay. And then I had chemo. And they'd never seen this cancer before. Why? Because it never existed. Because I made it up. Mm-hmm. So how can they know about this cancer when it's never been? It's never been a thing. It's like, it's new. It was new for me. It was new for everybody mm-hmm. else. And then they're like, oh, we don't understand. Like normally sarcoma cancer is like generation deep and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, because no one in my lineage has ever had cancer. This is all me. me. So of course you don't know. So they gave me the strongest dose they could ever give a human being without killing them. So I had three bags. Um, it lasted four and a half hours, give or take. And I almost had a heart attack. I almost went blind and I couldn't breathe. Like it was insane. And I, and I went transparent and my ex-husband was looking at me and I'm just like, stop looking at me because I'm killing you by looking at me. So you just can't. And then all of a sudden I couldn't breathe and I was freaking out and I was yelling and I'm just like, I'm going to die. Like this is going to kill me. And they're like, no, no, just breathe through it. I'm like, have you tried this medication? Right. It, no one has ever tried this medication. So how can you tell me to breathe through it when you don't even know about it? Right. So they're like, so was this a new medication they were trying on you? They, they gave, no, it's not because it was a new one. It was three different cocktails mixed together, mixed in different bags, given at different times. Like one, they gave me the smallest bag first, which Mm -hmm. was the most invasive. It was red, translucent. Mm -hmm. And I literally was fluorescent from my insides, like for a long time. And then they gave me another one, which is a medium sized bag, which made me lose my hair. And then the third one was just like uh, one of the cocktails that they give everybody who has cancer. Okay. So I was just like, okay, like it is what it is. Yeah. Like I don't know what to do. And then I had my set, my first treatment and I was just like, that is never happening again. Hmm. I am not dealing with, you want to give me more? Fine. You're cutting everything in half. There's no way I'm dealing with that again. Like I almost died again. Hmm. Like you gave me an operation so I wouldn't die, but now you're killing me with chemo. Like it doesn't yeah. make sense. Like, so I did four sessions, three more sessions after that. And I said, I'm, I'm done. Whether it's there or not, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this again. You got four out of me and that's the best you're going to get. I got influenza. Uh, the first time I was in the hospital by myself, losing my hair. 
all by myself. My my boys are funny. My two my oldest came into my my um, my hospital room with shaved heads. Oh. They shaved their heads for me, and they and my my young well the, the youngest of the two really loved his hair. He had long hair, and he shaved his head, and he goes, "Mom, this is how ugly you're gonna look when you get there." And I was like, "Dude, I'm losing my hair right now. I look like friggin' uh, uh, what's I a guy from boys. Lord of the Rings, yeah, yeah. like uh, Gollum. Yeah. I was Gollum for like a week. Yeah. It was just like horrible. Oh. And I'm just like, and he goes, "Still, it's okay. You're gonna be ugly, but it's fine. Like now, I'm ugly for you, so just deal with it." And I'm like, "Okay, fine." So he made me laugh, and he oh. brought humor into the situation. And yeah, so that was the, the... So that's why you had rod. That's why you have the rods right now. That's and you why have them today. I have them today. Okay, which I know we're going to go there in a minute. Yeah. In a bit too, but... Yeah. Um, so also, this is why you're so passionate about domestic violence. Yes. Okay. Because we talked a little bit about that before we went on air too. And that is your ultimate That's passion. my end goal. That's your end goal yeah. is to help people. Yeah. Um... Okay, we're going to switch. Thank you, first of all, mm-hmm. for sharing all of that. I could tell at one point there it's not it's not easy. <laughs> I know it's never easy when we share our stories, but you know the power of sharing. Yeah. And even on this type of thing, sitting here with me, it's that's healing yeah. in itself. Because every time we bring shame to the surface, mm-hmm. right? Every time we bring light to it, we heal a little bit more. Yeah, I saw the light. I got rid of the the. There was no negativity this time. No, there was none. No, no, I could I couldn't feel any none, and that's what I. Oh my god, I just got chills again. <laughs> um, but that was when I first shared mine. I remember the further I went along, mm-hmm. the less bitter. Yeah. I found myself, and I found myself that I actually forgave my parents, and I'm like, oh, actually, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. They gave me something I have to work with. And that's that's okay. Mm-hmm. This is my journey now. Um. So you're. We're going to shift and we're going to talk about what I talk about a lot. And that is having to deal with all of that mm-hmm. and our pasts and all the shit that we've, everyone's got something. Everyone. Everyone has something mm-hmm. and we can try and bury it. We can try and move on. Like what you said, I'm going to go back to that point where you said, I thought that was my healing. I thought that was when I began my journey because we all have those moments where yeah. we're like, this is it. I'm going to do it now. I'm good. I'm good. I left him or I left that circumstance yeah. or I'm out of that job or I moved out of my house or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then it's like 10 steps backwards or what you said. First of all, I'm going to say you're the fourth, fifth person I've had on that's had cancer. Every single person says they've manifested it. Yeah. So this is not crazy. Well, I believe it absolutely yeah. to the core of me. Um, I didn't for the longest time. Same. Thing. Until I started to actually be around people, I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> we can manifest this in our cell, right? Set a cellular level, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't matter what your lineage is. No. It doesn't matter like what you just said. Nobody in your family had this. No, nope. going back generations, nobody had. No it. one had cancer. Right. No. Right, and so for you, it's like no, because it's it's me. I brought it on. Yeah, I, and I was proof that I brought it on because no one in my right. family ever had it. Right. They didn't even know what it was. Like they, they knew people, but they never lived it. Yeah. And when my mother had to live it with me, like it was, it was painful to see her go through that. Yeah. So what are you, what, when we talk about like healing journey, if you're somebody listening, that's like, what the hell are you guys even talking about? Which most of you do know what I'm, what I talk about now. Um, there's certain times in our life where we try to move forward in business and relationships in different things in our life and we keep being pulled back to our old patterns and our old ways and our old things that make us feel comfortable because it's what we know I'm not surprised that you were with a man that treated you like that that's Mm -hmm. all you knew yeah that's all I knew that's all you knew that was where you thought you were worthwhile yeah correct yeah and I didn't believe it but I that because somebody who would have who knew me 
back in the day, they were like Blown dumbfounded away. Right. how I could live like that for 15 years. They couldn't even imagine that I, being a strong person mm-hmm. from the outside, but dying on the inside, right. which nobody knew because I didn't tell anybody. No. I was just like, I wanted to fight the world and I was mad at everybody and I was in a negative place. So they're like, oh, she's got this. You know, you get false confidence and it was, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was bitter, anger, resentment, mm-hmm. frustration, which was never actually spoken, no. but just how you felt. I never dealt with it. No, no. It was just, we suppress it. Yeah. What were your ways of dealing with it when you thought you were dealing with it? Did you go to therapy or were you more alcohol and drugs or what did you do? No, I did go to therapy for a bit and then I was able to... Did you ever go back to the man to the man of your children you never went back no i never okay because statistics right statistics are yes that because they 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 bring you in yeah but i had made a promise to somebody Mm. actually to two people my son when he was 10 he said you've done enough we can go Mm. you've tried everything he's 10 he's 10 he's 10 mom yeah he's like you've tried everything Mm. you've done everything you can you can let him go Hmm. We're, you're okay now. You've done what you could do. And my grandfather was just like, hmm. it's in our, it was in our lineage to help others. My, my grandfather had a, a father who was helping his mother. My grandfather helped my grandmother who was schizophrenic for mm-hmm. so many different reasons. My mother was with an alcoholic at the beginning. Like that's the father of my, that's my father was an alcoholic. So it is in our DNA kind of thing that we were shown to help people who struggle. No matter what it did to you. No matter what it did to us. Like it killed my grandfather. Like he Mm -hmm. was alone and lonely forever. He went to, he went from like 140 pounds to like 250, Mm -hmm. 270 easy in a heartbeat. He was just like the Michelin guy. Like it was just like, it was heartbreaking to see. My mother destroyed herself when she was with the fa- with my father, mm. with the alcoholic, and then with her boyfriend who ended up being a, an, a, a pedophile, mm. and just like that's all she attracted because that's all she knew. Mm-hmm. So when when he told me this story and he's like, "You're better than this. Like you have to, mm-hmm. you have to change the story." He says, "I know you can do it." He says, "Please promise me." that you're going to do this, mm-hmm. like that you're going to get out of this and you're going to break this cycle. And it was the first conversation I ever had with my grandfather, a heartfelt conversation. Mm-hmm. Him and, and, and love is just like water mm-hmm. and, and gap. Like, it, it, like okay. it, it, it doesn't mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't mix. So he was never very effective. I was his favorite when I, when I was a baby, but like it, I, I think it's because I was innocent back then. Mm-hmm. And as I grew up, we separated because he couldn't show me the same affection because he was scared to show his vulnerability and to show how much he actually cared. Mm -hmm. So, Hmm. so I promised him in January, 2008 that by my birthday, I would leave no matter what. And then I told the father of my kids every month that clock is counting down. Hmm. You have, and that's why I kept getting more aggressive and he kept getting more aggressive. And I think I needed that to leave. I think I needed to see how far he was able to go to get me to get out of that situation before I actually died. And it happened very, like I came to near death experiences very often from Mm -hmm. January till June. So I knew that I needed that Mm -hmm. awakening to get through it. To get out, to to actually make that decision to leave. And then... So you said you did start therapy? Yes. Like right away or? Um, No, it took a few months. And then I was there every week, uh, even at the beginning, twice a week. And then she says, oh, you're doing so much progress. I'm still not sleeping in my room, dude. Like, I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. And she's like, oh, but 
But what I was saying was my strength, my inner strength was talking, but I wasn't believing mm. what was coming out of my mouth. Right. And she's like, I am jotting all this down because everything that you're saying is going to help so many other people. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. She goes, you have no clue how many gems are coming out of your mouth. And to see you're transforming. And yeah, it was kind of, but not as much as she thought that I was. Right. And then, then when I found out that the father of my kids ended up having a house, like he had a house before I did. I'm mm. like, seriously? Like you owe me 14 grand mm. and you have a house. Like, and my kids were like, I even ran out of electricity. Like I couldn't pay my bills. So the electricity went out. We were taking cold showers for a month. Right. And I'm just like, okay, you have to do something. Now it's your time to step up. Like do something, give us, pay the bill that you, you, yeah. you made and make sure that we have electricity and I'll continue paying it from here. So we actually did that, stepped up and did pay the electricity, but we did have no electricity for like, I don't know, I'm going to say two months easy before I said anything. Yeah. And then, so then that anger still lingered and still lingered and still lingered. And I'm just like, why? Why can't I just let it go? Mm -hmm. But I needed to get cancer for the second time. Okay, so you had chemo? I had chemo. You got rid of it? Got rid of it. Okay. 2019, it came back. Okay. Where, same place? No, in my pelvis. Okay. I had three spots in my pelvis. I was growing from 2000, August 2018 till June 2019. And they're like, okay, now it's big. It's big. We're gonna, we're gonna do a biopsy in August. And I'm like, no, you're not. Like now, I'm taking control. Right. I'm not. So I went to go see a natural naturopath. Yeah. He like he does a little bit of both. Like he's a naturopath, and he also works with the nervous system. Mm -hmm. So he unblocked all of my nervous system. All of and I couldn't believe the difference. And from all that opening, the awakening is when I started transforming my life. Okay, so 2019. It hasn't even been that long. No, but it doesn't need to be. It doesn't. It does. This is the thing, you guys. When you are ready yeah. and when you become open, it literally happens like that. It's a snowball. It is a snowball. It's scary sometimes because you're like, holy shit, what is happening right now? Because it's the yeah. layers. I talk about layers of an onion being peeled back yeah. every single time. It's like, whoa, there's more. Whoa, there's, there's more. more. And there's always going to be more. There's always going to be more. It doesn't matter how far along you are. I've been yeah. doing mine for 10 years. Yeah. And I come down to Costa Rica and I'm like, oh, I got more. I got so much more. And I knew that. Yeah. And I've always known that. We, we're never, we're never, we're never done. done, no matter. Because life happens. Right. And we're always around different people and different circumstances. And energies get and energies up. right and when we're more open to energies and we're more accepting and yep. willing to hold space for others by holding space it kind of like connects to each other absolutely so it's not when you do your other journeys it's not necessarily just yours that you're releasing because you've accepted somebody else's you told them you were going to hold space and then you're going to have to release that eventually yeah so you have to release it so it's not always, always just yours. yours yeah but it is in a way, because if you accepted it from somebody else, it's because you have a piece of that in you that you also need to release. Yeah. And that's what brings it up again. My God, I sound like a psychiatrist. Like, like, <laughs> I'm listening to myself. I'm like, oh my God, so many things are coming out of my mouth Which right is now. so good though, which is, which I know some of it's going to be over people's head and that's, that's totally okay. Um, but for you, what did healing look like when you started in 2019? So for me, it was breath work. Like mm -hmm. I've done copious amounts of breath work sessions and crying and screaming and writhing around and not talk therapy but I've also done a lot of talk therapy mm -hmm. because I'm a talker but sometimes and I was just thinking of this when you were talking is that my mind is so smart 
our minds are so brilliant Mm -hmm. that I will sometimes, and I had found myself doing this, telling the therapist what they wanted to hear yeah, and not what was actually. And that's what I did. Right. And so when you were talking, I'm like, oh, I know what was going on. You were telling them what they wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. She was hearing gems coming out and you, and I always, I always said too, it wasn't below my neck. I was always up in my head and I would never let it drop because that meant feeling and that meant dealing and that meant possible crying and getting angry, which I was never allowed to get angry when Mm -hmm. I was young. And so I didn't even know what that would look like. It scared me too much to get angry Mm -hmm. because I didn't know if I was going to go, you know, punch a wall or somebody or throw a chair across the room, which all eventually did happen, Mm -hmm. which was okay, you know, which was part of the process and part of the healing process. So I did a lot of like somatic healing is what it's called when you do something other than talk therapy, Mm -hmm. dancing painting um so for you I know since you've been in Costa Rica and your ayahuasca and all that I don't we'll go down there a little bit but I know that's not gonna a lot of people won't know what that is because it's quite deep Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful it is it's I know it is anyways where did you start when you started going through when you're like okay I have to deal with being two yeah and being almost drowned and being shut up like because it starts there yeah all of us have a childhood yeah of some sort, whether it's being left in the crib to cry, mm-hmm. whether it's left in the car while your mom runs to Seven <laughs> Eleven, it's true. Yeah, like the abandoned in abandoned ministries. Yeah. Like it's always these little things that we don't connect these dots to, mm-hmm. and then it's like, holy crap, that's why I feel that way, or that's yeah. why I let my partner. That's why I'm triggered by him every time he says that. It's because mm-hmm. of this one time, yeah, or numerous times that we haven't actually associated it with. We haven't put it together. I think for me, having the nervous system open up, and that really was a release in itself. It mm. felt like I didn't really have to go to the baby. I didn't mm. really have to go. I love that. Because everything that was connected to the nervous system, it was my emotions mm-hmm. and my anger. And my. And then I had four sessions with him. The first one, I, when I walked into the office, I couldn't walk. I was having such a hard time walking from the cancer and from the, the pain and the negativity that I was still carrying. So I entered, I wasn't able to walk. When I left, I was limping. Mm-hmm. The second time I went in limping and I went out walking. The third time I released all of the emotion. Like mm-hmm. 90, not all of the emotion. I'm going to go like 75% because yeah. there's always emotion, right? So 75% of it was gone. And the fourth one, I was able to stand up straight for the first time in my life. And he says, you're going to feel like you're falling backwards. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And it literally, I thought I was falling backwards, but I was straight for the first time in my life. Hmm. So I was able even, I went home that day and my ex-husband and his friend were watching a horror movie. And I'm like, I need to sit down for some reason. Like, I need to see if this is going to affect me because I used to have to watch horror movies. And the father of my kids would tell me that if I left, I'd do anything. This is how he would torture me when he caught me. So sitting in front of a horror movie was like horrific, horrifically hard. I was just like, I kept seeing myself as the victim right. in the in the movie. So I was just like, I need to sit here and I need to see if this is going to affect me in any way. And it didn't at all. Hmm. It didn't affect me. I was able to watch 10, 15 minutes of it. I'm like... I don't want this negative energy, yeah. but I don't, it's not affecting me like it used to. So I was just like, okay, that in itself was a win. I was right. just like, thank you to the universe. Thank yep. you source. Cause that, that was a win for me. And mm-hmm. then I learned about uh, the secret meditation Okay. that I did. They say to do it for like 21 days, 28 days, just so that it, I did it for 60, almost 72 days. Like I couldn't, every day. I couldn't stop every day, every night. And it's called the secret meditation. Yes. Okay. 
I can send it to you. It's just I, I know what it is, but oh, I just want the people to. Yeah. It was the best thing. And then I was like stuck in Costa Rica, and I'm like, and and saying stuck in Costa Rica, like people are just like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with I you? Don't. Sorry if I swore, but it's just no. like, what what is wrong Swearing with you? Stuck in, stuck in Costa Rica? Are you? Out of your mind, yeah. like this is the best place to be, but I felt stuck yeah. because I was going through a journey and I felt that I couldn't do it anymore here. Mm. There was nothing can bring me to the next level where I needed to go. And I needed to, I, love I, that. I said that 2021 was going to be my year, my healing journey. I was going to do everything. I hired a coach, cost me four grand. And that was the first time I ever hired a coach. And I was mm. just throwing up in my head. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I just found four grand on a coach. But she goes into the subconscious mm. and she removes the pain from the memory. So I had memory going back decades, generations and generations that I had no control over. And I didn't even know that were stuck to me. Mm-hmm. And she just like talks with your subconscious and she's like, okay, can you help us out here? Like we need to remove this one. And this one's like really painful and she needs to get over this one. So I was just sitting there and I could feel my brain like a popcorn. Mm. It felt like fireworks in my brain. And I'm like, holy, I don't even know how you did that, how you're able to do that. But now I know Mm. because I've been through it and now I can connect with source a lot more than I've ever been able to do before through other reasons. Mm -hmm. But that was just like a mind blowing and I haven't stopped my journey since. So I do meditations. I do inner, inner work with them, with the meditations, guided meditations, the secret for one, Dr. Doja Spenza for the other, Abraham Hicks, all people that have really guided me on my journey to help me heal. So I went to Colombia where there's a lot of people who are just like, you can't go there. It's like the worst place to go. It's the pandemic cartel and whatever. I'm just like, have you been like literally Colombia is calling me for whatever reason. I don't know why it's calling me, but it called me for ayahuasca. Right. I knew that I had to go there and every part of my soul knew that I needed to go there. So I went to Bogota, I went to Santa Marta, I went to Cartagena, I went to Medellin, and in Medellin is where I did my healing. Mm-hmm. And I did my healing gradually with, I did, a, I had an operation, I had a tummy tuck because I couldn't stand my body and I had, every time I would look at my stomach, I'd think of my ex, even though I had been through my healing journey, that was something that yeah, I couldn't, it was a visual that yeah. I, that was, that was stuck. So I said, okay, I'm going to get rid of that. So I got rid of it in Bogota and then I did a little more healing journey in, in Santa Marta, getting over the the inner pain that was linked to that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that needs to go. And then I did ayahuasca in September, which helped me remove the blocks that I had. And mm-hmm. I saw myself in my head, like going back and forth, like a speed. And then, I, and I was like curled up in a ball and I was crying in a fetal position. I was banging my head against the wall. I was mm-hmm. pulling out my hair. I was just like, and then I went into the sun. I'm like, okay, now I'm sitting with myself. I'm accepting everything that I've been through. I'm forgiving myself. And that was the main thing that I never realized. It wasn't about forgiving him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about forgiving the father of my kid, uh, the my my father for yeah. not giving a shit about me. It wasn't for the, the pedophile, the babysitter. It wasn't that. It was forgiving myself for accepting that mm-hmm. and saying I wasn't worth more. And that was just like, wow. I'm just yeah. like I can't believe that I said that out loud. And then mm-hmm. I just sat laid down i opened my heart i just did like this what is that the flower the lotus flower flower. i just did the lotus flower on my heart opened myself up and i just said okay i'm i'm ready Mm. i'm 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 accepting i'm releasing and it's yours it no longer belongs to me and i thank you for the message and i thank you for showing me that it was all within me to begin with yeah and i appreciate it and i forgive myself now Mm. 
So that was awesome. So it's it's a process. It's always a process. And it doesn't have to be like everybody else. You can find your own journey. Like everybody says, oh, do you do this? Do you do this? And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. My healing process was actually pretty quick. Yeah. Like I've done it in a year. People sometimes take some years. years. And especially through what I've been through, they're like, how were you able to do that? And I'm like, I think it just happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. I prepared myself me- mentally for the journey. And I let go. I was going to say, you let go, you surrendered. I surrendered. And that's one thing that I do talk about a lot is that we hang on too often trying to control situations and people don't understand what surrendering actually is. Because they've never done it. Because they've never done it. Right. And I will still find myself. And I know what we do when panic comes in or fear Mm -hmm. comes in, we'll like, we'll latch on quick. The more you do this work, the more you understand that, like, whoa, I'm hanging on. Yeah. The quicker we can release. Yeah. The quicker we know that when we surrender and we mm-hmm. just go, okay, it's yours, universe, God, higher source, whatever, whatever. it is. Mm-hmm. Now it's your turn. Because <laughs> yeah. I actually was never in control in the first place. Exactly. Well, and I think, too, like, with healing for myself is because I am a talker, um, like I was saying before, I would talk my way through things mm-hmm. and I, there's no, I can't do that. Because, and there's things that you can't, you talked about it, you touched on it a little bit earlier, and it's like there's, sometimes there, we don't need to know the why or where it came from, no. but just releasing it and healing from it and, and allowing like what you did, the nervous system. So for me, it was breath work. That was a catalyst for mm-hmm. me on dealing with a lot of my abandonment issues and my worthiness, but I wasn't able to articulate any of that. So once I started down that, it was just like, I would visualize myself in the breath work and I would be hovering over myself. And I'd be looking down and I'd be talking to myself. My higher self was looking down on my, you know, and I just had a session again last week, another hypno. And it was all that again. And it was just, I'm like, oh, I love that I'm not talking. And it's just because you're out of the way. Your ego's out of the way and your higher self gets to come in. And and spirit comes in and just goes, okay, beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got this. Shut the fuck shut up for once in your life to <laughs> shut up. And, and that is what healing is. And that is what, he, and sometimes these moments that you'll have clarity can happen like this. They can. And then it's progressing from that. It's moving forward. So now, today, we're going to fast forward. You're here in Costa Rica. You've been here for how long? Uh, I came back. I was in Costa Rica for six months, yep. from November 2020 to May 2021. Went to Colombia for months, Mexico a month and a half. Now I'm back for a month and two weeks. Okay, so you've only been here. You're only here for six weeks. Yeah, I was oh, only okay, here for okay. six weeks. And then you, now you go back to Mexico again. Friday, I'm going back to Mexico. Yeah. Okay, and that's what undetermined or that's I'm going with six months. Six months. And where are you originally from? Or I'm originally from Canada, Montreal. Montreal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's cold and. And dreary, and everybody hates themselves. <laughs> I'm from Calgary. Hi. Yeah. Like, it's nasty there it right is. now. Like, yeah. it's just... And now they're in a lockdown again. I like, know. We won't go there. We won't go there. But We're staying I have to say that when I... And the, what really pushed me into leaving was that the, bo- the boss that I had yelled at me, like, seriously, next level. Like, the last time I was yelled at like that was the father of my kids who was abusive to me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like... Wait, 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 wait. What the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. I'm like, do you honestly think you're allowed to talk to me like that? And and my face was just like... And I'm trying to lo- make this a logical situation in my head, mm-hmm. and I can't. And I'm just like looking at him. And the more I'm looking at him, supposedly I was smiling and almost laughing, mm-hmm. and I'm just like... I'm like, wow. 
I'm like, how did I put up with this for so long? Because yeah. I was doing it again. Right. And right. I didn't even realize it. And I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. Yeah. So yeah. I left his office crying because I was mad at myself for accepting this again and not even seeing that I was mm-hmm. accepting this. And then I went downstairs and I talked to one of my coworkers. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, no, no, no. Anyway, he left on vacation. I went to RH the next day and I said, I'm giving you my res- letter of resignation now, letting you know that I'm never coming back here again. You should all learn how to control that monster in the room because no one came to my, to my mm-hmm. rescue. No one even realized that it's not a good thing to be screamed at like that by an, by an employer mm-hmm. and you're doing that to an employee and you're okay with that. So that in itself is just like wrong. And then I told my ex-husband, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I can't. Like, you're not changing. I'm changing. We're not on the same level anymore. I love you, but I have to let you go. Mm-hmm. I love you enough to let you go. You need to heal. I need to heal. I told all my kids. They're all adults now. They're all mm-hmm. in their 20s. I'm like, I love you, but I'm letting you go. Mm-hmm. If you want to see me, come visit me. I'm sorry, but I'm going. Yeah. And I just left. Like, four mm-hmm. months later, five months later, I was on a plane here. And I'm like, this is where I needed to go to start my healing. Mm. Because here the energy is like even insane and we don't even know. I know. There's like portals, dimensions mm-hmm. in this little town. And everybody's like, I don't understand what you mean, but you can't until you live it and you experience it. So you feel it. And knowing that I was, and not even knowing, but how can I say this? Like acknowledging my worth was incomprehensible and that was like the second time that I've done this in my life Mm. and I was just like I can't believe that I didn't see it before Mm. so I forgave myself and I'm like okay you're leaving now and Mm. you're taking whatever with you bring your whole life in three suitcases it is what it is but I'm not coming back yeah so that's why I'm here yeah and I kind of went crazy but sorry (laughs) oh god I I I, but that's why I'm drawn to people like you because it's me Like I am absolutely, um, you know, one thing that on my social media is just, how did you do it? How did you do it? How did you just get up and leave? And there's no, you just do it. Yeah. You just do it. You get out of your own way. You, you get out of your own way and you take action. I Mm -hmm. just got chills again because so many people want to do certain things. They want to live a different life. They want to have a different relationship. They want to have this, they want to have that. And they sick of this and they sick of that. And there comes a moment where you mentioned it's like you almost needed what he did to you to make you be able to do that, mm-hmm. you know. And there's been times in my life where I can look and I'm like, who I needed to have that at the time. I didn't understand it. Yeah. You know, even my I can talk about my dad even. He was killed in a car accident 15 years ago, but he was he was so controlling that I had no voice. I didn't yeah. know what my voice was. I can look back now and go. Now to say that was the best thing, I won't ever say that. But I see why. Mm-hmm. Because I was able to find my voice. Yeah. In my memoir, that's how it starts. It's like the day my dad's mm. voice was silenced, I found mine. Mm-hmm. That, that's it, chilling. It I all, have chills. That's awesome. <laughs> because it's the truth. Yeah. And so if we can look at our life like that, and we can see all these things that we're going through, and it's all a choice. And that's why New Year's Day always is such a joke to me, or New Year's, because I'm just uh, like, oh my God, you can make a new year every day. You can make a new year every, every day. day. Because when you wake up in the morning, it's a new day. You get to choose every single day if you want to continue going down that path or mm-hmm. make a move. Yeah. And, and you can. And so many people tell me, how do you do it? How do you do it? 
just it is what it is I did it and you can do it too you choose not to and that's the difference see and I'm always inspired by people like you and I think it's because I look in the mirror and I see myself and that's why but it's not anymore like how did you do that I know how you did it and that's not but I know that people do go how did you do it and once you've done it, you'll stop asking that. Yeah. And you don't even, it doesn't even have to be something major. Oh my gosh. I talk about that all it the time too. And people are just like, oh, I can't meditate. I'm like, keep telling yourself you can't meditate and you'll never be able to meditate. Like, dude, really, you want something. Po- and that's also where I started like talking positive. Mm-hmm. I created my negativity by talking about it all the time. I didn't have a story. 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 So guess what? You made, have, I made myself not have one and I did the whole time but, but I never believed did. it yeah I always did yeah and that's what people have to understand like it's a baby steps it doesn't have to be quit your job no. get divorced and and go to the other side of the world it's not that baby steps start meditating do something that you've never done before be proud of it accept it and look at look at it and say oh my god I just did this I never thought I would be able to do it I'm so proud of myself I can do more absolutely and that's all it is. Absolutely. Have that card conversation. Mm-hmm. Make that phone call. Reply to that email that you've been dreading to do. Yeah, it's then you're turning around in circles and saying, ah, I want to talk to them, but I don't because if I do, they're going to think this of me. Nobody cares. And your mind gets in the way. Yeah. You overthink it. Yeah, nobody, it's, the, you are not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote somebody on this. I don't remember where I heard this from, but you are not the main character in everybody's story. Hmm. You're not the main character of everybody's story. And the first time I heard that, I was like, what are you talking about? Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm always everybody's main character. But no, you're not. And that was just like an ego, like slapping yeah. on my face. And like, nobody gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Yes, people who have been through what you've been through care. Why? Because they've lived it. Right. They, they can feel you. They, can, like, they, they go deep in your core because you are giving your soul on a silver platter and they can connect with you. But the person who didn't live what you lived doesn't connect with you because he has no fucking clue what you've been through. So you're not the main character in his story. No. The main character in his story is whatever he lived through. And it's the guy next door who's going to connect with him, not you. Yeah. And that's what's amazing about it. And yeah. that's why, and the more that you work on yourself, the more you work connecting with people and same when I saw you the first time you were just like this glowing just ball of energy and I was just like when you when we talked I'm like now I know I was supposed to meet you like I know why I meet people now Mm -hmm. because we connect on an energetic level Mm -hmm. because we've done the work we know what's in front of us we know that there's still work to do and we're never going to give up and we're there to support people who have been through the same thing as us Mm -hmm. and I'm there to hold your hand Mm-hmm. If you need hand-holding, fine. But realize I'm not going to be there forever. Yeah. I'll do it for a few times. But after, like, the fourth time, if you don't get it, like, dude, you're on your own because you're not ready to let go. Right. Right. And that's where I had to build a boundary. Mm, love it. And I did that at ayahuasca. Yeah. That was Boundaries my first huge. building because someone was trying to suck my energy. And I did. I helped him throw up twice. Mm. Like, he was just... He put his hand over my hand, and now I saw darkness. I just went like that. I blew it out. He started throwing up. I was just like, oh, my God, did that just happen? Right. And the shaman's wife looked at him, and she's like, mind blown. I've never seen that before. I'm like, dude, I've never done that before. And then he was, like, coming back and coming around. I'm like, no. now you're on your own. Yeah. I've done it twice. I'm here for you. I'm, I'm, I'm holding space for you, but you have to let go. Mm-hmm. I can't do it for you. And that's where I finally learned what boundaries, boundaries. were all about. 
Well, and they're huge, and that's what we talk about. I talk about it all the time because as a people pleaser, I made sure everybody else was okay but me. Mm-hmm. And I, everyone that listens to this is, I mean, we all have it in us to an extent. Yes. It's just a matter of if we live, breathe, and eat it. And that's, you know, for mm-hmm. me, boundaries have been the number one thing. And energetic cord cutting. Yeah. And I, I literally walk in a bubble. And unless you know what I'm talking about, it sounds crazy. But I do. I say that all the time. Yeah. I'm I, like, you, if, if I put you in my bubble, yeah. it's because you're special. Exactly. And there's a reason why you're in my bubble. If you're not in my bubble, think about why you're not in my yeah. bubble. And I like, always say I'm in a bubble. I just walk in a bubble so people can then. I'm like, that. it just bounces right off because that's not I mine. love that. We didn't, I didn't even know that you say that. That is <laughs> hilarious. That is so mean. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so... If so, what is your end game goal? Tell me because I know you told me a little bit right before we got on. I want people to hear your retreat idea because I I love it. I just think it's so beautiful. So my my for for the first six months of this year, I'm going to be working on speaking and going on stages, more podcasts, and getting my message out to be able to help women. My second goal is to have a retreat in Mexico, Bali, Costa Rica, and Spain. For whatever reason, those are the four that came up and mm-hmm. only four because that's my number. Yep. So uh, I want them to learn how to heal. Mm. Everybody who has been through a domestic violence relationship knows the pain, feels the pain, and keeps the pain forever and ever. Amen. And I want them to be able to release that pain within a week. I have con- My job is to condense everything that I've been through this past year and do it for them within a week. It might be hard if they don't feel they're ready to do all of it. They're going to stay two weeks. And it is what it is going to be because I'm holding space for them and I'm going to do everything in my power to help them heal in a short amount of time. And people are just like, how are you going to do that if there's 15 years? There's methods. I know the methods now and I can teach the, mes- the methods. I don't know all of the, I, I've lived them. Now I have to learn how to teach them. And this is going to be a year of speaking, learning how to teach it, doing sessions, learning from the people that I've learned, that I've been through things mm-hmm. with, so that I can teach others. And I'm going to handpick my people to make sure that they hold space for the women who are going to be there. Because, mm-hmm. And even if men have been there, mm-hmm. I want them to come to That was too my next question. If you get rid of men. I'm, if, if, if you know how many, right. people, how many men speak up? It's like a 0.00001% of men who speak up that they've been through a domestic violence relationship. Yeah. I don't know. I think I know one guy and I met him online who actually said it out loud. Mm. And I've been talking about this for now 2008. So like it's been 12, no, 14 years yeah. now. This is going to be my 14 year anniversary. Mm. And 14 <laughs> and say. two, two, two. And just like, I got my numbers all lined up. <laughs> Like this, this shit is it. real. I love it. So I know that I'm going to be able to heal. So I'm going to heal. The, I'm going to help them heal with meditation, with breath work, with ice cold baths. Because getting mm-hmm. in an ice cold bath gets you out of your comfort zone, gets you out of your ego. Doing cambo gets rid of the toxins, all the negativity that's been in your body. Doing bufo. I would probably say that one for last, but I would maybe do like a little ayahuasca mm-hmm. journey. Yeah. And temescals, mm-hmm. which I love. Because you got sound healing in there, you got chanting, and you got everybody with their energy and all focused to release. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, my first uh, Temescal in Mexico, I was just like, wow, what is this? I was crying mm-hmm. for like a half an hour. And I couldn't, and I'm like, I healed everything. But, but like an onion, you never know what's underneath another layer. Yep. So, so yeah, so Temescals and all that. So that's my end goal is... Well, and the and the, the foundation for women bring them on shopping sprees to get um, furniture, 
uh, clothes and food because when you leave you don't want to bring any of that with you because it holds negative energy mm. and I want them to have beautiful energy entering their new home and being able to see the smiles on their faces when they go shopping and they don't have to give a, give a shit about what price yeah. tag is on there obviously they're not going to go because they've been there so they're not going to go for the $10,000 chair they're going to go for something that calls them mm -hmm. and it's going to be perfect for them and most of the time, it doesn't even cost anything. It's like yeah. a $500 piece. And they're like, for them, it's the world. Right. Because they felt called to that piece. Like, that's what that was mean. Like, my first thing that I bought, I think it was like $200, but it meant the world to me. And everybody's like, it's only $200. Like, you have no idea what right. that piece means, yeah. means to me. And that's where I want to go with the with the retreats and the, the foundation. I love that. I love that. Where can people find you if they're listening to you right now and they want to follow the journey? Well, Where's the best place for them to follow you? Facebook or Instagram. Okay. is where I talk about my journey. Uh, crypto is on TikTok, but just about me and my journey is on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, and you do crypto too. And I do crypto and Kangen Machine. And, and Kangen Water. Yeah. Yeah. So those are other avenues or income streams. And the Kangen Machine, well, it's just because it's a health benefit that nobody realizes how amazing <laughs> the water is until you drink it. Like I have- the Or use it on your skin. Or Yeah. <laughs> But no, and I just feel like I couldn't shut up, but I just, I'm so passionate about what I do now and how I can help others and to connect with someone who's on the same wavelength as me. Yeah. It's not every day. No, it isn't. I know that. It's getting there. Yeah. Depending but, on where you put yourself, right? Yeah. Where you but put that's yourself. all I'm attracting now. And that's what I've noticed. The more that you do the cleaning, the more energetic and amazing people will come yeah. to you. So yeah. I am very grateful to have met you and I thank you for being in your letting me be in your space and in your bubble it's really cool <laughs> i get to add you to mine so exactly. that's awesome you're welcome